All right, let's turn our Bibles tonight first to Romans chapter number 8, Romans chapter number 8, and then I'll give you instructions of where to turn from there. We are going to use our Bibles quite a bit tonight and turn to eight or nine different passages of Scripture throughout the Bible study, and so I want you to have your Bibles handy, but we are going to start in Romans chapter number 8. I mentioned uh, during the announcements that, I, of course, I want you here Sunday school, Sunday morning, uh, but I really want you to be here uh, Sunday uh, night as well. Throughout this whole pandemic, <clears throat> 2020, and certainly the things that have been going on in our presidential election, I've tried to keep church church. I don't want church to feel like a political rally. I don't want church to uh, be, uh, you know, I don't want it to feel like a conservative convention. I want it to be church. Uh, but uh, some th- the things that happen in our world do affect us. And so uh, Sunday night, I'm going to bring a message that the Lord's put on my heart uh, that I think we need to hear. We may not want to hear uh, the message that I'm going to preach Sunday night, but I think we need to hear the message. And I believe it's going to be a very, very important message, not just uh, in light of what's going on t- today in this time of the year and with the political season. Uh, it is it's what we need as a church. And so I say all that to say, Uh, I really want you to be here and uh, make plans to be here, and I look forward to seeing what God does for us on Sunday. Tonight, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to teach on, and I'm going to have a word of prayer. That way we can turn from one passage to to the next. Uh, I'm going to teach on tonight what to do when you're disappointed. Life is full of disappointments. Uh, Life is full of challenges. God never promised you or I that life would be simple. He never promised you or I that life would go according to how we have it planned or how we think it should go. A lot of times our disappointments are because of there's things that take place that we, we didn't happen the way we think they ought to happen. Uh, sometimes that disappointment is just life brings us. Uh, sometimes the disappointment is because of something somebody else did. And uh, it's okay if we can take responsibility for our own disappointment, things that we did, then we can correct it. Uh, but sometimes there's things that are out of our control uh, that we have to deal with. So I want you to listen very carefully to me tonight. I want you to use your Bible, turn in your Bible tonight, and so that you can mark these places. It'll be a help to you. Let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, I pray uh, that you would uh, help us uh, as we look into the Word. May we <coughs> put our attention on you, our focus on you. May we let the Bible strengthen us tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. What to do when you are disappointed. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. This is a verse that is quoted a lot of times when uh, things don't go the way we think they ought to go. And sometimes, a lot of times, it is used out of context. uh, You know, well, whatever you want to do, you know, we know all things work together for good. No, you can't contradict 12 other verses of Scripture and it's all going to work out for you. That's not what this verse is talking about. The point I want to make with this verse of Scripture, we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 50 next. The point I want to make is if you look at the Word of God, it says, We know all, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. God has a purpose for everyone. God has a purpose. And we all things work together to his purpose. Notice, work together for good. They work together. God works them together. The book of Romans talks much about our salvation. It talks much about our, our, our salvation through grace. Uh, the doctrines of salvation, uh, they, they, are, they are mentioned. You can find them in the book of Romans. 
when we lead someone to Christ, we sometimes use the Romans road. Salvation is a main topic of the book of Romans. When you talk about all the different doctrines of salvation, they all come together and, of course, are embodied in Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ did for us. But it is according to the plan of salvation. Whose plan? It's not a Baptist plan. It's God's plan. It's not a uh, plan that a church has made. It's God's plan. The point I'm making is salvation, which is through Christ and Christ alone, is the fulfillment of God's plan. If God can work that supernatural plan, and He has and He does, then God is certainly in control, and God certainly can work all things together for good. So we are reminded of that, uh, that even when we're disappointment, disappointed, God can work things together to good to them that love God. Genesis chapter number 50. Genesis chapter number 50. This will also be one of our text verse tonight. Then I'll give you the outline in just a few moments. Genesis chapter number 50. And we're going to read one verse of scripture in this chapter. And I remind you about the life of Joseph. Joseph, as a young man, had his life planned out. He knew what he was going to do. He knew what he was going to be. He knew, to put it in today's terminology, he knew what schools he was going to. He knew what profession he was going to be in. He, he deemed himself the most likely to succeed. I mean, he had his life planned out. Joseph had some disappointments because life did not go the way Joseph thought it was going to go. Uh, they start with the jealousies, jealousy of his brothers. And what did they do? The disappointment, can you imagine being that young man in the bottom of that pit and hearing your brothers talk about how they're going to kill you? And if you had brothers, maybe you experienced that, but so you can relate. But can you imagine what that must have been like? I, I don't know because I wasn't there. I don't know because I've never met Joseph, obviously. But I wonder if his greatest disappointment was not the fact that he was facing his own mortality, but who it was that was talking about his future, what they were going to do. It was his own flesh and blood. Then, he, you know the story, he is sold into slavery. He gets to Egypt. He works at, he's in Potiphar's house. He rises to a level of authority in Potiphar's house. And then Potiphar's wife sets sights on him, and when he resists her, she falsely accuses him. And then Potiphar does what you'd expect Potiphar to do. Potiphar takes him and throws him in prison. Uh, you think that was their disappointment? And then when he's in prison, you know the story, he interprets dreams. He says, oh, remember me? They didn't remember him until one day he was remembered and Pharaoh pulls him out. And now we, he rises all the way to second in command, the second most powerful man in the world at that time. You know the story, the reconciliation of his brothers. They, they come because of the famine. And so they come, and by the way, the famine, which was bad, was actually used to preserve the nation of Israel so that the Savior 
could come to die for men. And so they come to get food, and I don't have time to go through the whole story tonight, but they're reconciled together. Now, Joseph is coming to the end of his life, and look with me in verse number, let's go to verse number 18. And his brethren also went and fell down before his face, and they said, Behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, Fear not, for I am in the place of, am I in the place of God? But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. What his brothers did was evil. It was evil. There's no way around it. But look what, at the end of the story, look what God did with the evil work. Even Joseph would testify that ye meant it unto me for evil, but God meant it unto me for good. For good, because he saved much people alive. I want to remind you tonight that even in discipline, first of all, we're all going to be disappointed in life. We, we are all, in more than going through a drive-thru where they forgot to give you a biggie fry. There's greater disappointments than that. Now, if they leave a Taco Bell, Taco Bell, that's a whole different story, but there's greater disappointments than that. There's disappointments in life. Uh, and so uh, I want to remind you and just give you a very practical study tonight on what to do when you are disappointed. We have all been disappointed. Uh, you can look at some of the things that have taken place in our nation, and certainly there's been some disappointing things. Uh, but I remind us all, my hope and my faith is in, in, in God. In God. And I'll talk more about that on, on, on Sunday night. But I can testify, not to the degree Joseph can testify, but I can testify before all of you tonight that some of the greatest disappointments I had in my life have ended up being the best things that have ever happened to me ended up being the best things. And as a church, we've faced some disappointments in the past. And with time passing, we're going to, we discover, we're going to discover the best things that ever happened to us. You know why? Because God doesn't need help. What do we need to do when we're disappointed? I'm going to tell you what we ought to do this, this evening. Turn with me to the book of James. James chapter, chapter number 4. James chapter number 4. First thing that we ought to do when we're disappointed is number one, submit. James chapter 4 and verse number 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I want you to notice that first part of verse 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Every event that takes place in our life ought to remind us of who's in authority over us. And we ought to constantly be submitting ourselves, therefore, to God. You can submit yourself to God today, and your flesh is going to forget about it tomorrow. Or your flesh is going to try and kick God off of the throne next week. When we're disappointed. You and I need to remind that, be reminded that we ought to submit to God. God is that authority in our life, and we must surrender our will to His will. And that is something that disappointment reminds us of. 
It's a, it's a submitting. As a Christian, you need to be very, very, very careful. Listen to me tonight. You need to be very careful when disappointment comes of how you respond. Because the devil doesn't always get a Christian because of the bar down the road. A lot of times he gets them because they get disappointed at the circumstances of life and they don't handle it correctly. They don't handle it right. The first thing that you and I ought to do is we ought to submit. Well, Pastor, I think when we, when we, we, we do this point, we ought to just pray. You don't pray unless you submit. It is a, that's the act of prayer. It is submitting to the fact that I can't do what I need in my life. And so, God, I have to have you. We must submit to God's plan, accept God's plan and authority. There are things in, in my life I could look back on, and I do not have an explanation for them. But I do not need an explanation for them because I have accepted the fact that God is the authority, He is in control, and my responsibility is just to submit to Him. If you're disappointed because something has taken place in your life that you never planned, submit to God. Because I remind, well, Pastor, it was, it, it, was, it was wrong and it was horrible. And Oh, did, you mean like selling you into slavery? You mean like trying to... And conspiring to murder you? You're talking about that bad? God can still you, but you've got to submit at some point. Joseph had to say, God, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm just going to accept the fact that you know what you're doing and submit to it. You and I must submit when we're disappointed. People disappoint us all the time. Life, if we're not careful, we look at life as disappointing. We say, my life's just been a disappointment. Think about what you're saying. God gave you life. What a gift. I don't, care, I don't care how many disappointments you've had in your life. There are people who would trade places with you. I think it's safe to say we're all disappointed that some things are taking place in our country. But they're still going to be trying to pour in. What's the point? We still got it a lot better than the rest of the world. I, I just want to submit to God. Number two, what do you do when you're disappointed? Trust. Proverbs chapter number three. Proverbs chapter number three. You've had, we've all had people walk out on us. We've all had people wrong us. We've all had life take a turn that we did not think was going to take place. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, many of you can quote it. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. You know why we have a problem with trusting God? Because we're leaning on our own understanding. Because it doesn't make sense to us. Uh, it doesn't have to make sense to us if we trust. Trust in the Lord with half our heart. That's not what it says. With all thine heart. We spent a, at least a year, a few years back, on the subject of faith in Sunday school. You know what I'm about to say. How do we please God? Faith. If it's not of faith, it is sin. 
So when disappointment comes in our life, what is an opportunity to do? It's an opportunity to please God. Well, I've tried figuring this out. Try figuring this out. I guess I'll just trust God. Let's reverse that. Let's trust God first. It would save us from some frustration. It would. There's too much in this life I want to do to try to figure out everybody's motives to figure out their motives of why they did what they did. You realize how much time we as Christians waste because we're trying to figure out why somebody did something or why this happened, and God just says, "If you just trust me." Then you can just move on. I'm giving you some good stuff tonight. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, only not unto thine own understanding. We must trust God. It's, it's easy to say as a preacher, you just need to trust God. It's easy to say when it's somebody else's problem, well, just trust God. And in our, in, under our breath, we're saying, I'm glad that's not me. But when it comes around to you, what do we do? We just want to just trust God. Just trust God. Lean not. Well, if I knew why they did it, it would make me feel better. No, it wouldn't. It'd probably make you feel worse if you really knew why they did it. If you really knew why God allowed certain things to happen, it wouldn't make you feel just trust him. Trust him. What's number three? And I'm just I know I'm moving quickly through these, so I'll just go ahead and tell you I have more than four points tonight, so don't don't get excited. What to do when you're disappointed, turn with, me, turn with me to Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. What to do when you're disappointed, persevere. Number 3, persevere. Philippians chapter number 3. And let's read verse number Thirteen, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before. Notice verse 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What I want to point out there is what Paul says, I press toward. It's hard to press toward when you're looking backwards. It's hard to press toward when you're still trying to get an explanation for what happened. It's, it's hard to press toward when you're still upset and bitter about what someone, and I'll get to that in a moment, about the actions of somebody else. What I love about, I love the story of Joseph for a lot of reasons, but Joseph, we don't, no, there's no doubt there's dark moments that God didn't allow us to have privilege to because they weren't recorded in Scripture. He was flesh and blood just like you and I. And no doubt he had some low lows, but Joseph always rose up and moved on. That's a great character trait. And Paul reminds us to persevere. I press toward. We, there's, a, there's a little, I, I have, God's blessed me with a lot of friends, and there's a lot of preacher friends, a lot of lot, lot, lot of friends, not just locally, but across the country, and uh, many times I write a little note, or I, in text, and some of you may have texted us, these two words, is press on. Press on. When adversity comes, what do you do? You press on. When you don't have an answer, what do you do? You press on. That's what Paul's saying. I'm pressing on. I'm forgetting what's behind, I'm pressing on. And you and we don't know what to do, you just keep doing what you know to do. You persevere. 
you persevere. That is the secret of not just the Christian life, but of life. You just keep moving. You just keep going. You just persevere. Press on. When, you, when, you've been, when you're disappointed, it's not that, well, I just got to figure out. I got to go find myself. Well, when you're done finding yourself, um, the rest of us are going to be moved on because there's a work to do for the Lord. There's a life that's too important. Everybody in here can affect somebody with their life in a positive manner, affect somebody in their life towards Christ. Uh, we have to press on in doing so, press on our responsibilities, press on in our duty, press on in our expectations. Uh, there's an old, old, old saying. I, don't, I have no idea when it originated. Uh, maybe some of you can help me out after the service. But quitters are a dime a dozen. Now, I don't remember anything with a dime a dozen, so... Uh, but quitters are a dime a dozen. Um, you know, anybody can quit. Anybody can throw up their hands. Don't use disappointment in your life as an excuse to quit on God. There's a whole host of people who used to be in church, and when they run into another Christian, or they get on the Internet, or they get on social media, all they do is talk about how they, what they're doing is they're using their disappointment in life as an excuse to quitting on God. Uh, don't quit on God. Pastor, you don't know. I, I, I preached in College Chapel today, and I preached from the book of Genesis on the story of, of Esau selling his birthright to Jacob. And the message was, don't give up your future. And one of the points I made is that uh, Esau made his situation dramatic. If I don't have that soup, I'm going to die. He was the first drama queen in Scripture. I mean, can you picture this? Here's this big, burly man who was a hunter, who just got back from hunting. If I don't have that little soup, I'm going to die. And he, made, he got so dramatic about his situation, and yet Christians, we do the same thing when we have been disappointed in life, disappointed by the actions of others, disappointed in ourselves. Well, what's, what's the use of just going on? Oh, I don't know. Maybe we press toward a mark. We're disappointed. What do we do? We just persevere. Number four, I don't know if they're going to get better or harder, but we're just going to keep going. Number four, look at Matthew chapter number 22. Matthew chapter number 22. What do we do? We're disappointed. Number four, love. See, I'm just full of love tonight. Matthew 22, verse 37. After it was asked to him, what is, which is the great commandment of the law, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. You know what happens in, our, in this world should not affect our love of God and for God? If anything, it ought to make our appreciation greater for him. You know, people disappoint us. Let me just say, we disappoint people. But you know who's never disappointed any of us? God. You know who's never let us down? God. 
You know whose love has never wavered for you and I? God's. So when others disappoint us, you know what we ought to do? We ought to just keep loving God. Love God. Can we, we can all do that, can't we? We can love God. Actually, I'm having a hard time loving that person who disappointed me and, and they wronged me in their disappointment, this and that. Okay, we'll talk about it in a minute. I'm talking about loving God. What, what do I do at this point? Just love God. That's what he said. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. That would mean even disappointment. That would mean in discouragement. That would mean when, when things are good, things are bad. Love him with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. That is with every part of you. That's what we ought to just do. It's just love him. You, you, know, you know, that's something that no man can take from you. <clears throat> There's all this fear in the world today. You know, what, you, know what, you know what no man can take from me? My love for my God. Nobody can take that from me. Hey, what do we do? We focus on him. We love God. Well, let's go on. He said, verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. Verse 39, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We love God and we just love people. When, when, when you're disappointed... Let me let me ask you this: How, how many of you how many of you are a, a dog owner? You own a dog. You can admit it. I don't want to know who the cat owners are, but dog dog owners. Okay. Do you ever get mad at your dog? It's okay to say yes. Do you give your dog the cold shoulder for months? I'm not speaking to you. You disappointed me. But yet we criticize those who don't have a problem murdering an unborn child, but they put a higher price on an animal when we do the same thing with our actions. Well, man has disappointed me. Don't let the disappointment of one steal your love for people. You know, everybody, every, everyone who's ever caused me trouble is a people. Everyone. But you know who brings the greatest joy to, joys to my life? Are people. And it'll do something for you if you just, no matter what life brings your way, I'm just going to love. I'm going to love God, and I'm just going to love people. Well, Pastor, if you, just, if you love people, you might get hurt again. Well, that's fine, and that's probably true, but I don't want to risk losing and missing out on all the blessings that I can have by just loving people. I don't want to miss out on the, on the joys and the, and the memories and the blessings that people can be to me and that I can be to people at the risk of being disappointed again. We ought to just keep loving God and keep loving people. Say, Pastor, what are we going to do in this world? We're going to keep loving God and we're going to keep loving people. 
Pastor, what, what if somebody disappoints you? What if somebody hurts you? It's not about me, so I'm just going to keep loving God and keep loving people. Imagine, we, we, we find out very quickly where our focus really is. So, number four, we got to love. Number five, I'll let you start turning to the book of Hebrews before I, before I give you number five, because this one is typically a, a, a difficult one for us. Hebrews chapter number 12. What do we do when we are disappointed? It's a person that disappoints us, isn't it? Isn't it? It's a, it's a situation, Pastor. It's a situation created by people. And sometimes we do get upset at a situation. But number five, the fifth thing we need to do when we're, we're disappointed is forgive. Hebrews chapter number 12, verse 15. Looking diligently, lest any man fall of the grace of God, let any, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. I've, I've said this often. It's true that the most bitter, the most the most miserable person on this planet is a bitter Christian. Where does that root come from? It comes from a seed. Have you have you ever all of a sudden you see something sprout up and you didn't even know it had ever been there, and now all of a sudden you see it? It's been there for a while. A seed was planted. And long before bitterness manifests itself, there's unforgiveness in the heart. You know, it's one thing, and sometimes we have an easier time dealing with our own disappointment. We disappoint ourselves. Because we can control that. We can get frustrated at ourselves, and then I can correct that. I can, I can keep that from happening again. Are, are you with me? But what somebody else does or what other people do, I'm at their mercy. I can't control that. But be very, very careful. We, we, and I'm going to say more about this, Lord Willie, Sunday night. But, but the worst thing that, that our nation needs are bitter Americans. But, Pastor, we'll talk about that later. Bitterness destroys, it's like a poison. It destroys the container that it's carried in. And I, I hope this isn't true, but it's a good reminder, and it's preventative medicine tonight, but if you've got unforgiveness in your heart at another Christian, you are not right with God. Pastor, you don't know what they said about me. Don't have to. The responsibility is on you to forgive. When they seek forgiveness, that is not in the Bible. We're supposed to grant forgiveness. And it's a sad thing for Christians to have their joy robbed, and in many cases have their usefulness for God robbed, because they cannot forgive what somebody else has done. Now, some of you need to forgive yourself for some things that you've done. But we're talking in the context of being disappointed. What do we do? We forgive. Pastor, I don't know if I can get over it. I didn't say get over it. I said forgive. You may have to forgive on Wednesday and get up and forgive again on Thursday. 
I'll tell you right now, and, and, and I'll confess it, and I'll be very transparent, there are people I have had to forgive dozens of times. Well, they, they wronged you that much? No, that's forgiveness for one act. Because when it's a deep wound, you don't just forget about it. But my responsibility is not to forget about it. My responsibility is to forgive. Because I don't want bitterness in my heart. Because a bitter Christian is a useless Christian. And the last thing I want to be, the last thing I want you to be, is a, is a useless Christian where God puts you on the shelf and doesn't use you again. And we've got to be very, very careful. We, we're disappointed to forgive. Oh, I think we could have revival in America if Christians would just forgive people they need to forgive. Uh, when we're disappointed, forgive. Number six. Matthew chapter number six. Matthew chapter number six. One of my favorite verses. Matthew 6.33. What do we do when we're, we're disappointed? Seek. Verse 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We as Christians, we need, we need to stop looking for reasons not to keep God first and just decide that no matter what happens, we're keeping God first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness in all these things shall be added. This is a verse, this is a verse on stewardship. This is a verse on priority. What is my priority today to seek him? If we wake up and our priority is to seek him, does it really matter what anybody else does? It might make it more difficult for us. We might have to take our emotions and put them in order. But we're disappointed that some things just don't change, and that's seeking him. I need to know what God, God's will is. Well, seek him. This is, sometimes things do affect our lives drastically. I'm not talking about pretending like they never happened. But what I'm saying is, our, our focus, our priority, it ought to be seeking after Him. Do you know, any time I've, I've been frustrated, any time I've been wounded, any time I have been disappointed, any time I just say, I don't want to sort it out, I don't want to think about it, just let me get in the Word of God and let me focus on Him, it's amazing what God just puts right in the order. It's seeking first, and all these things shall be added unto you. He's got to be the priority. So what do we need in our nation? Do we need a political revolution? No, we need America to seek God first. And everything will just fall back in place. And by the way, when I say that, I don't mean our politicians seeking God first. It's America seeking God first. Number seven. This is the last one, so you can get excited. Psalms 126. I preached in this text not too long ago. Psalms 126. Verse 
verse 5 and 6, one of the laws of God that cannot be broken, the law of sowing and reaping. And that's number 7. What do we do when we're dis- disappointed? We sow. Verse 5 and 6 of Psalms 126, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Of course, there's some New Testament passages as well that talk about the reaping, the sowing. What what are we to do? We're to continue to sow so that we can reap. Do you realize that that law cannot be broken? Um. I'm afraid sometimes we let our patriotism get in the way of our Christianity. That law can't be broken. Sowing and reaping. Uh, you know what we need to do? We need to sow. I'm talking about S-O-W, not S-E-W. Sow seed. You know the gospel still works? We need to sow that gospel seed. Uh, Do you know God still blesses righteousness? So works of righteousness. Uh, We we need to, what do we do when we're disappointed? So um, somebody disappoints you in your life, somebody you love, somebody you care about, somebody either they wronged you with an act or just their own turning from God disappoints. It affects you. So what, what, what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to just keep on sowing. I wish I could tell you that everybody who's ever been to this church is still here. They're not. Uh, you know, that it bothers the pastor when somebody says, well, I'm not coming back. It bothers. You know, I wish I could say that I've never been made the focus of somebody's disappointment, it's not the case. What am I going to do? I'm just going to keep, Sunday morning, if two of you are here, I'm preaching the Bible to you. Sunday night, if three of you are here, I'm preaching the Bible to you. And I'm going to keep sowing seed and keep sowing seed and keep sowing seed Because there's a law that cannot be broken that if you sow, you'll reap. As a Sunday school teacher, you should never, you shouldn't get discouraged. You pour your life into that little child. They get to a certain age and they're gone. You should, don't, don't, don't quit. Don't resign because one student disappointed you. All that's got to happen is to take hold in one life. And it can be a man God raises up to turn the world upside down. We just keep sowing and we keep sowing and we keep sowing. One man plants, one man waters, one man reaps. That's our responsibility. So it's just the world we live in. People just aren't as receptive. Oh, that's changing. But regardless, what do we do? We just keep sowing. It's God's responsibility for the harvest. So what do we do? We're disappointed. We just 
really, if you look at this list, we just keep doing what we should be doing. And we just continue sowing. When we've been disappointed in, by life, in life, by our own actions, by other actions, this can be applied on any level tonight. Our responsibility, we're going to answer for us how we react to it. And, and I want God to be pleased by my life. I want him to be pleased by your life. I trust that's your desire tonight. You know, whether you're disappointed today or not, if we live longer, we're going to be disappointed again. We're going to be disappointed by people we love and people who love us. We're going to be disappointed by circumstances that we can't control. I am not going to sit around and whine about it. We need to keep sowing, sowing, sowing. One thing, there's some things that were instilled in me growing up in the home I grew up in, and we don't quit. You gotta see you gotta see me at a buffet. We don't we don't quit. Um so I hope this is a help to us tonight. All of us have been disappointed at some time or another. We're we're not oblivious to the things that are going on in our, our own nation. As much as we'd like to be oblivious to them, we can't be oblivious to them. But it doesn't change my responsibilities as a Christian. And I think I want us to be all focused on the things of the Lord and be encouraged because God has not changed. You know, I can, I can do everything by the help of God, by the Spirit of God. Everything I listen to tonight, I can do. You can do, no matter the circumstances. No matter the circumstances. If, if you want to. If, you're, if you've got bitterness in your heart, you've got unforgiveness in your heart, won't you make that right? Why don't you grant that forgiveness? And when you do, you're not setting them free. You're setting yourself free. You can be free, but you just got to grant that forgiveness. Well, I've been disappointed. Yeah, we've all been disappointed. All been disappointed. Let's let these things help us tonight. Father, we thank you for your